Me lipstick clings to the rim of their glass. Well, I meant to have just one glass while I waited, but half the bottle's gone. Oh, I think about being back in his arms. I just want him back. I just want him home. Some 1980s nonsense has been played too loud. We always had terrible taste in restaurants and it still makes me smile. And out of the corner of me eye, I see him. You've met someone else. But you were... We were... Back in my house, I stormed through the front door, opened a cupboard in the kitchen and pulled out a bottle. I threw the bottle at the wall. I threw another, another, another. I stumble, forgetting about the mound of broken glass and glittering footrubbery. I land, face first, into a pile of glass. Shock covers me skin. I feel the warm trickle of blood down my cheek. It's been pierced with a piece of glass right the way through all that muscle. My tongue gently skates across it and just before I go to pull it out, I'll push it in. I want to feel it. Like, really, feel it. Blood pours into my mouth. I get this rush of pain, this rush of delight. No logic. No emotions, just... It took twelve little threading and outs to close that hole in my cheek. The doctor said I overreacted. I told him to go fuck himself. I met Edward when I was 17, and he was 16, and he became my dearest friend. We'd take long rambles westwards out of town, <laughs> talking, talking, teasing each other. I lost my virginity on my 20th birthday, oh, with Edward, of course, in a thicket on Wimbledon Common, which seemed to us a paradise. We were ignorant and innocent and we loved each other very much. We didn't want a wedding, but who needs a chit to be in love? But oh, me mother. Oh, I was carrying Murph and she did go on. You'd think I'd done something indecent. I shouldn't give cheek, but oh. So we married and moved to the country. From the start, Edward was determined that all he would do was right. Which is fine if you start off from Bloomsbury, perhaps, or Paris, or Boston, or Rome. But not if you come from Clapham. Let me try and get into Philip's mind here, because I think that's what we need to do. Devil's advocate kind of thing. Figure out what it is, what it might be that depresses him. Whatever. Are we playing the honesty game? I hope so. The fact is, I wasn't going to tell you this, but... When Philip came round, there was a man here. He was a Nazi. A Nazi? You had a Nazi over? Not a real Nazi. How do you mean not a real Nazi? A make-believe one. A make-believe Nazi. I mean, you know, from the internet. So they have these various costumes and you choose one and then they come over and... Well, it's role-play, really. Role-play? I mean, you can have anything. A Viking, an air pilot, a plumber. But you chose a Nazi. And you role-play, you know, kinky stuff. It's nothing serious. It's fantasy land. Okay, so what's your part? I mean, he's a Nazi, but what are you? A Viking? No, I'm just me. You? Well, yeah, he's a Nazi, but I'm just me. So you're in the middle of this roleplay thing and Philip walks in on you? Well, we'd stopped it. I'd stopped it. We were just having a drink. You were having a drink with a Nazi? Yes, and Philip came in. That's not good. Thanks for that. I know. But I do think it is their husband's fault if wives do fall. 
Say that they slack their duties and pour our treasures into foreign laps, or else break out in peevish jealousies thrown restraint upon us. Or say they strike us, or scant our former having in despite. Why, we have goals, and though we have some grace, yet have we some revenge. Let husbands know their wives have sense like them. They see and smell and have their palates both for sweet and sour as husbands have. What is it that they do when they change us for others? Is it sport? I think it is. And doth affection breed it? I think it doth. It's frailty that the says. It is so too. And have not we affections, desires for sport and frailty as men have? Then let them use us well. Else let them know the ills we do, their ills instruct us so.